Welcome back to Tony Katz Today. I'm Ethan Hatcher, joined with Tony Kinnett. Together we're filling in producer AJ on the board. In this segment, I wanted to talk about uh, the PGA Tours, uh, PGA merger with uh, LIV uh, by the uh, Saudi Arabian government. I'm really not too up to date on the specifics of uh, the PGA or the sport of golf generally. What I thought was interesting was former President Donald Trump, who spoke up uh, in support of this merger and having very uh, uh, praiseworthy things to say about the House of Saud, describing it as glamorous. Great news from LIV Golf. A big, beautiful, and glamorous deal for the wonderful world of golf. Congratulations to all. Uh, you know, he had recently- that was that was a pretty good Trump impression. I'll give you <laughs> give you points for that one. That's way better than mine. He recently uh, hosted. Uh, uh, is it Live or Liv? Dude, I know absolutely not a right. blessed thing about golf. <laughs> I don't. I thought it was interesting that the President Trump was praising the Saudi government. That is That's in its that, key. Right. What I want to focus on, because again, I I personally don't think that we should be praising the the Saudi Arabian government. I think that they do a lot of things that are atrocious. I think that the way that they have handled. Uh, Middle Eastern affairs in the last couple of years has been kind of egregious. And Trump's done a lot of that. I mean, you know, again, praising uh, Kim Jong-un over a few things. It seems recently he's been, as as we've said before, Trump's unfettered access to just say things that are a little weird but have apparently never really helped with him. complete impunity because this doesn't seem to be hurting him with the base at all i mean i think obviously this is unwise to be calling uh the the saying that the saudi government and uh, live golf is uh being run by phenomenal people with great spirit and unlimited money unlimited money is an, another key little drop there. Trump completely just enamored with the glossy surface and not digging down deep uh, with their possible association uh, with the but, attacks on 9/11. But this, but this or, is, but this is how this is this is the Trump. killing of Jamal jo- uh, Jamal Khashoggi. But this is, but this is Trump. I mean, classic this is Trump. this is classic Trump. He he goes after what is is shiny and people who are nice to him and that kind of a thing, and and that's what he has done for a very long time, and that does determine a lot of his uh, political. I, I want to say decisions, basically the entire acumen. Help me understand the secret sauce here. Why does none of this stuff ever amount to anything when it comes with people's support, when it comes to people's support of the former president? Because They're just completely unshaken, and it all rolls off like water from a duck's back from this guy. Two reasons, and they're actually two pretty decent reasons. So reason number one, that a lot of people still like Trump, but even though he says a lot of these things, is because Trump, during his presidency, for the first three years, now the fourth year was a stinker, had pretty decent policy. If you took Twitter away from Donald Trump and just had him govern as he governed for the first three years, he would have won overwhelmingly in 2020, especially if there had not been COVID-19. It would have been a breeze for him if you just if you just ran on his policy alone. It was really good policy, and a lot of people hold to that. Number two, and I would argue the other core reason as to why people are still Donald Trump fans is because Donald Trump can take someone from MSNBC, CNN, uh, Nancy Pelosi, a Chuck Schumer, and pile drive them like it's the WWE in a way that is truly fantastic. He was one of the first people in the modern 
age of the the Republican Party to basically elbow drop individuals who said the stupid progressive things that establishment Republicans had traditionally just ignored and pasted on that used car salesman smile. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he's fantastic at the takedowns, and some of those are getting a little bit worse for the wear. Like calling and a lot the, of people host, are noticing that like, he has begun to lose a lot of his core support, especially it really started to trend downward after he went after Mitch McConnell's wife and called her a lot of really weird slurs. Well, he was calling uh, the host of that town hall at CNN that he attended and said, oh, you what a nasty woman. Like, guy, that's so tired. And also, yes, classic Trump. We've heard it before. Oh, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother dance. his base. But when, like, he he goes after, like, he went after DeSantis for fighting Disney and everyone was like, really? He went after uh, Republicans for running on pro-life and everyone was like, really? And he went after Republicans for wanting entitlement reform and, and avoiding some of the massive impending debt and collapse. And everyone was like, really? That's hurting him. Uh, I, I actually, I just got something here in, and I want to make sure that I mention this on the air. So for the city of Indianapolis right now, if you are north of Greenwood, the air quality index has been rated uh, between 116 and 137, uh, which it means unhealthy for sensitive groups. So you, you may want to stay out of doors. But we, this, we, we've pivoted, Tony. What's going on? The uh, the air quality index from the wildfires in Canada. I just got this notification. Want to make sure people hear it. If you are in Fishers right now, uh, I'm just getting this notification. The air quality index has been moved from unhealthy for sensitive groups uh, to unhealthy for all parties, which means that if you are in northeastern Indianapolis and you're outside, you really should consider being indoors, uh, not just if you have... Uh, maybe a, a sensitive respiratory system like, again, it is in um, the middle of Indianapolis or uh, eastern Indianapolis. But in northeastern Indianapolis around Fishers, uh, there has been a rating near Lake Stonebridge and Hamilton proper of 151. Again, that is a directly unhealthy rating and you seriously should consider being indoors Thank you to the government of Canada for mishandling your forestry services and making sure that this lovely forest fire, which they are only half-heartedly fighting, has drifted all of that lovely burning acrid smoke down into the eastern half of the United States. Oh, I'm sure you can thank their environmental policy the same way you can thank uh, the state of California for their out-of-control wildfires because of uh, the <laughs> environmental uh, regulations that they've there made. There really is Preventing natural forest maintenance. There really is something to, to be said, as again, as someone who is a Republican, for the Teddy Rooseveltian style yeah. of economic... Uh, restoration as well as environmental protection and that environmental protection in which we maintain things instead of just letting them grow wild and free you know the people who are like you don't mow your lawns just let it grow naturally wild and free that does not actually make you safer that doesn't improve nature in any market way there is maintenance we're considered stewards you know we should take better care of our country environmentally and that doesn't mean going full left wing and, and tracking people's diets and making them eat Lucky Charms either. There's a there's a very good classical Teddy Roosevelt kind of a man's man's way uh, to take care so that these massive forest fires are less likely. And when they do happen, they don't spread as quickly. So again, if you're in Fishers, uh, please consider moving out of the open air. Again, the uh, air now rating has been rated at 151. That is considered unhealthy. Uh, apparently in New York City, they may be going back to a mask mandate uh and no masks do not uh, cloth masks and even most kn95 masks do not prevent this kind of smog uh from getting into your lungs so quite a bit of news here today as well 
And you're catching it all on Tony Katz today. Thanks for listening. I'm Ethan Hatcher, and that was Tony Kinnett giving us the update. Uh, before uh, we'd interjected there with a bit of weather news, we were discussing Donald Trump and his support of uh, Live Golf and their merger with PGA, calling the House of Saud very good people with unlimited money, yada, yada, yada. Um, and how it nothing that seems to, that, that Trump seems to do, whether it's advisable or not, um, hurt. Har- the uh, or shakes the popularity with his base. Well, I disagree. And I disagree because we actually have in a lot of polls begun to see, even though very few people actually participate in polls anymore. It, it, there was an interesting series of studies that have come out recently in the last three years that have suggested that fewer people than ever are actually answering polls and that you can actually thank the rise of telemarketers for that. There was a time when people would answer their phone and kind of answer some of those questions with polls. Now, when you open your, your phone after it's ringing, you hear that boop that weird like tick that lets you know it's an automated service, Mm -hmm. uh, people hang up their phones. And that means that polling data is skewed to uh, some very weird margins. Trump is starting to lose popularity, again, with the pro-life community, especially after his comments and with some of these weird truths from his truth social that he's been, uh, I guess, truthing out. Well, I wanted to play this uh, clip with Jen Psaki uh, talking with Governor of uh, New Hampshire, uh, Chris Sununu, um, and they had a conflict uh, regarding the Russian collusion narrative that surrounded 2016. Of course, Sununu uh, saying that it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Psaki disagreeing, and yet they all. he also noted um, that the investigations surrounding Trump are not at least right now, significantly hurting uh, his popularity. Now that Ron DeSantis has entered the race, hopefully we'll start to see some of those percentage points slide, like you were saying there, Tony, but here's the clip. Do you think any indictment, an indictment on issues around other indictments could help other candidates or would hurt Trump? No, you don't think the indictments matter? No, no. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Tell me what you think. No, they they absolutely don't matter. No, these indictments, uh, and if I make a combination of the media, um, you're, you're, you're creating a, the, the boy who cried wolf syndrome, right? What happened in, in New York was wrong. I mean, it really was. They are beating up on, on Trump for political reasons. Everybody sees that. What happened with the Russian collusion that never existed effectively exonerated the guy. So he can play a victim card. You've all created a situation where God, what, what kind of planet are we on where Donald Trump's become the victim? Well, but that's first of really all, I, what think, it is. I think we very, and so now we nobody know, believes it. Well, nobody believes it. We know, I have to stop you on there because we know very clearly that Putin and the Kremlin did intervene in our election in order to try to help Donald Trump. Uh, the Democrat election deniers coming uh, in there. Yeah, yeah that's, so that's I, I I really love that because again I'm I'm whole, I wholly agree with him. I, yes, Trump has been completely made a martyr uh, through a, a lot of garbage that he's been dragged through with these mm-hmm. indictments. Absolutely, every one of those is a horrible political hit job. I agree with Governor DeSantis making it clear that uh, when he uh, wins the the election that he will completely pardon Trump of all of that garbage that, that needs to stop. And I believe, by the way, that this kind of stuff riles up Trump's base because now they can say nothing else matters because Trump needs revenge. And it's a very weird presidential race that we've only seen a couple of times in American history. I think this primary is crucial. Uh, But when you take a look at what Trump has been dragged through it's hilarious because the crowd that's well, first of all, the left really wants Trump to be the nominee. They want him so bad because there is a crowd that does care about Trump's indictments, and that's suburban voters. Gen Z is not voting more. You're not really seeing millennials pick up a ton of the slack either. Suburban voters are voting more, though. 
You are in, in every market, in every region in the country. And here's the secret. Trump's not popular with suburban voters. He's just not. You can't snap your fingers and conjure up a lot more votes. And not just, by the way, in blue states, but in battleground purple states, Trump has not made himself more popular, and the indictments are not helping in that crowd. So you're picking up on one of the things that I've noted, which is all, it almost seems like Democrats' uh, indictments are intentionally boosting uh, the former president. President. Like they know what they're doing because they do want to run against him because they believe they can defeat him in the general if he comes through the uh, primary process. I think it's a blend. I don't think that that, that it's a, that's a holistic conspiracy because again, people are stupid. Naturally, people are stupid. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. They kind of wander around to whatever piques their interest. So I think that you have a mix in this situation of individuals who want to see Trump thrown in prison no matter what because they're like crazily obsessed with him. And then the other half is maybe a few people who say, yeah, you know what, let this run, let this go, because what we really want is everyone to kind of go against DeSantis and push Trump to the nomination, because like in 2020, there is no way that Trump beats Biden in this next election. I've looked at every available market bit of data. Trump has not gotten more popular at all, even though some of his policies that he's proposed have been way better, like great policy proposals that he's suggested. But that's not his messaging. His messaging has been, oh, DeSantis, he's terrible, DeSanctimonious, he's the worst. Is he punching at Biden? No. Is he saying, I'm the best man for the job? No. He's simply His going after- is the sideshow, and people are tired of the sideshow. It, it really is. Do your damn job. That should be what the American's message to Trump is. Instead of, again, Trump running after every shiny thing, as he has done, and as he looks like, will continue to do. Thanks for listening to uh, uh, Tony Katz today. Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett filling in. We're wrapping things up in the next segment, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Tony Katz today. We're wrapping things up on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for spending it with us. I'm Ethan Hatcher. Tony Kinnett also filling in. Producer AJ, beep, 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 helping the show function and pushing the buttons on the board. Okay, Tony, we were having a fascinating conversation off air about the recent debt limit deal, and I'm pretty hard about it. I think that McCarthy could have gotten more concessions. I think it's reckless to raise the uh, debt by adding another $4 trillion to the 32 trillion we're already in the hole um we, we could have gotten more concessions uh and also we're imperiling the solvency of medicare and social security by continuing to lie to the american people uh saying that it will be there for decades to come with no alterations being made i agree with that with some provisos so i i think that i, I agree that republicans could have gotten a little bit more out of this uh this these i would say negotiations but again we don't know what was going on in the room where it happens where the sausage is made and I think that some of the criticisms uh, from Republicans and, and libertarians are, I don't want to say going too far. I, I think that it's incredibly fanciful how much Republicans are losing their mind over what was in, what ended up being the debt ceiling deal. And here's why. We imagined going into this that McCarthy was just going to hold out and either the government was going to crash and the U.S. dollar was going to come, fall completely apart or that Biden was going to give McCarthy just like everything, because depending on the Republican you talk to, every single thing that we wanted was the one thing that McCarthy should have focused on. And by the way, I don't like McCarthy. I don't think he should be speaker. I'd love a different speaker. I do think, however, though, that he got a decent deal. Was it a great deal? No. Could we have gotten a little bit more? 
Yes, we could have, and yes, we should have, but should we have gotten substantially more? No, the Democrats control the Senate, and Biden controls the White House. You're not going to get everything you want. I don't think that it was an extremely good deal, even given the circumstances. I don't think it was extremely good either. You had uh, Chuck Schumer running around taking a victory lap. He was saying that Republicans essentially got nothing of what they wanted. He has to say that. I... (laughs) I mean, no, no. I mean, for for real. Like, if we're going to pretend, think he, that the I Democrats... don't think he's running interference. I, I think he was acu- accurately, you know, saying, "Hey, we put we pulled one over here. The Republicans got the short end of the stick on the negotiations deal." They didn't. There were some considerations added through that the Democrats didn't want. There are a lot of Democrats that are very upset with President Biden for the concessions that he made, and they have made it very vocal in the House as well as in the Senate. Do I believe that Schumer? Of course, I think that Biden and Schumer are going to come forward and go, yeah, we got everything they wanted. They're the leaders of the Democrat Party, according to the federal government. Why wouldn't they say that? I mean, really, I mean, is McCarthy going to come out there and go, well, guys, we did our best, but we only got some of it. No, he's not. You're the leader of your party. He folded like a cheap suit. Uh, but I did want to end on a musical number since this is Tony Katz's show. Anna Paulina, uh, Anna Luna, Congresswoman from Florida, uh, saying, Before you do, though, uh, really quick, want to make sure that uh, those know in our listening audience that uh, with the air quality index that's currently going on, that if you are in Fishers, in in the Fishers area right now as you're listening to this, uh, you might want to uh, move out of the uh, public air. The air rating has just been upgraded to unhealthy. Sorry, Ethan, go ahead. I read basically the 100-page bill, and I'm telling you right now, if you're on Social Security, in the next 10 years on the path that we're on, Social Security will be insolvent. It is $4 trillion in additional spending, and we could have done better, and we should have done better. So my question for the American people is, when you have the Biden administration championing this as a win for America, and you see that the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act subsidies that are for massive corporation and green interests are crushing the American people, they're getting fat and happy, but guess what you're getting? You're getting the short end of the stick. I reluctantly must conclude, you're screwed, you're screwed, you're screwed. Gee, so you're saying my generation faces the imminent prospect of a bleak and potentially apocalyptic future? That's right, son. Thanks for listening to Tony Katz today. Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kennett filling in. It's been a privilege. See you next time.